her. This is Lauren Lee. For the last seven years, Lauren has made a name for herself as a singer, songwriter, band leader, session singer, and hired gun based in San Diego, California. Before the four horsemen of the apocalypse brought, oh my God, you're cracking me up, brought their wrath to 2020, Lauren recorded and released a five song EP entitled Flare at the beginning of the year. She fronts Lauren Lee in the low keys um, and Wild Heart and performs frequently in duo format with local guitar legends Sam Hunt, Ben Zinn, and Joshua Taylor. We have a ton of stuff to talk about tonight, so I am going to bring her on. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I hadn't read the bio before. <laughs> I love that. I love that it put you in, like, on the spot. What's happening? <laughs> I had to make a new bio when we did uh, Corona Cella recently and because mine was really old and I was just like, well, might as well have fun with this because nobody really reads bios anyways. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, well. That's what it, that's, this is the true, true. So we'll just talk well, about it like that. I'm glad that it doesn't start out with Lauren Lee has been singing for as long as she can remember. <laughs> Don't you love those? <laughs> that drives me nuts when I see Ever since she was a little girl, yeah. Lauren loved singing. Yes. At three years old. Which is true. I'm not going to tell people that. Best to be a singer. <laughs> and I'm very sorry to anyone that I've just offended with that statement. <laughs> There's good advice, though, for singers. If you're creating your bio, don't do that. It's say that. boring. Given. It's a given. Yeah, boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah boring. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. So before I forget, I'm going to post up in the comments all of your your website link, all of your socials, so everybody knows where yeah. to get you out. All the things. Um, yeah. I thought we would kind of jump into... Um, the fact that you just released an incredible single called Trust Fall. Yeah. Do tell us all about it. <clears throat> so Trust Fall, wow. I have so many great things to say about this, uh, which is good because it didn't come from a great place. But uh, I wrote it um, actually before the shutdown and the pandemic. So before everything was shut down, it was like directly before. It was like the week that everything shut down. And uh, I had just gone to see some friends play, you know them, King Taylor Project, Josh Taylor and Sandy King. I just, they had a house party and it was actually, this is the last like large gathering I had been to with like lots of people was this house party that they were performing at to raise money for their their neck, their upcoming projects. Mm -hmm. And um, I was there with a guy I was seeing and things were getting kind of intense for us around that time. And uh, I, even before the pandemic hit, I had, had been having the hardest time like in my life. Like a lot of hard things were happening in my life with my son, with my relationships, with friendships, with different things in my life. And so I felt like I didn't have any room or space in my brain or in my life for this developing relationship. And so even though it was something I really was excited to be involved in and like I enjoyed the attention and like the you know all the things that were happening around it I knew that he loved me and I did not love him and it was just one of those songs that kind of vomited out of me to express it because I mean I feel like that's a relatable situation that a lot of people have been in of just like hey I'm just not where you're at but I really really wish that I was and so that's kind of what the song is about and um 
And this was right around the time when I first started picking the guitar up again. And I have, was just kind of playing around with it. And and it kind of, um, again, I like to use the phrase vomited out of me, even though it's kind of a gross phrase. But uh, vomiting out this song. Yeah. So, I mean, really, it happened in like the course of, of like a half an hour. It's just this whole the whole song came out, like all the, co- the chord changes and the and there's not that many changes to the song, to be honest. But uh, it's a very simple song with, I think, a powerful melody and uh, and it hit me in the right spot. So I, I saved it and um, I performed it at Coronacella. And I performed like quite a few songs at Coronacella or three, I think three or four. And out of all the ones that I did, that one got the best response. And I had a friend, Astra Kelly. I don't know if you've interviewed her or not. Have I you? haven't. No. Oh, you should. Yeah. Astra's oh, great. You should. Astra's great. Um, she was like, hey, do you have a demo of that? Because I kind of, you know, I really love that song. And I was like, no, but I think I'm going to work on that. So mm-hmm. So we did, we just kind of went for it and we all recorded separately and safely from home, which is not the ideal setup for us. The way we recorded my EP was in a studio in LA with my producer and it was just like really, we did it all over the course of a weekend together, all of us in the same tiny recording room. And it was this beautiful, magical thing. We knew we weren't going to be able to recreate that, but we did the best that we could. And um, we had Daniel Crawford mix it and master it and produce it he made some producing choices on that as well and and the result is something that i'm super 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 proud of like i'm just i it's my favorite thing i think i've done to date so it is it's so amazing i love it thank you you. um video coming out for it so i did (laughs) okay okay so okay so i've i filmed this whole video with my roommate chloe and um because you know we we can't really get together with the band and do all of like the great production things or ideas that we might have. Um, and I had this idea in my head of how I wanted the video to go, and um, you know we we filmed over a couple of days, and I got into my editing studio and just kind of did what I could with it. And honestly, it's just not good enough. Is okay. what what uh, you know it's not just um, in my own head and my own insecurities about it. It's like there's the band collectively. We're just not happy with where the video is at for the quality of where the song is. So, I mean, it's not like the video is terrible. It's just that we think the song is so good that it needs something that much better. Um, And the visuals going along with the, the, the music and having that match is just really, really important to me, especially with this song. So like with my yeah. my uh, Burn by Bridges song, that's that's a fun song to begin with. And it's just kind of, you know, the video doesn't have to be that powerful. But um, I really feel like it has to with this song. I'm just like putting my, we're all just kind of like, nah, we're, we're, we're going to have better standards for ourselves of what we're going to release. And so I'll probably end up just paying somebody to do it and not doing it all on my own because I can't, uh, I just, I just want it to be better. And that's not my area of expertise. It's like a hobby for me. So it's, it's not something I'm fantastic at, but if people really want to see it, I did release a version of it on my Patreon. Okay. So all my patrons get to see it, have already seen it. And, you know, they're very sweet and they love they love me that they 
pay me for everything that you do. (laughs) Yeah. They love, I mean, that's what patrons, what patrons do, you know, it's like they support you and they are excited to get any kind of, you know, whatever you, whatever I have that I want to share with them and show them my process of what's going on. So they have actually that, that video now, but I'm not going to release it publicly. Yeah. Well, that's a cool bonus for them. And anyone watching, yeah. Noted. Check out Lauren's Patreon because yes, we get lots of goodies in there. Yeah, but I totally respect your choice to do that, and that's so that's such a hard thing to do. It is. Like, you've invested so much time and effort into yeah. something, but when you know it's not right, you know, it's and you can right. suppress that like hankering to just get something out there. Yeah, I you know because I was just we were just talking about this how like if I have something that I want to show people, it's very difficult for me to not to like wait and hold on to it and and not show people and just wait until it's good but um that's like one of my biggest problems is i probably just overshare but i think that's another thing that kind of maybe people like about me too is like hey this is me what's up sharing i love that about you are you kidding me (laughs) anytime you post something i'm like oh what's going on I mean, it's the, I mean, it's, it's, first of all, we're in a pandemic. What else are you doing? Right. Other than paying attention to other people's crap and what they've got going on. But um, yeah, every now and then I've got some juicy stuff and every now and then it's just me complaining and every now and then it's me being grateful. I don't know. I'm I'm a mixed bag from literally minute to minute. So good luck if you're following me. Well, it makes good songwriting material because especially having that ability to, I think, you, you have a great ability to just express yourself and you wear your heart on your sleeve and you're very open and just transparent and honest oh, about wow. everything you do. And that obviously translates into your songwriting and, and, you know, it may, it, I'm sure it just seems second nature to you, but um, no, not all human beings are, you know, that open or able to like be, creatively you know honest like that so (laughs) (laughs) well yeah I mean writing songs is extremely it's vulnerable it's really really vulnerable and it is sometimes it's the worst parts of you and you don't necessarily want people to know about the worst parts of you and um one thing that I try to challenge myself with songwriting is okay am I being really honest about who I am in this story like or am I just is it who am I like where is my Am, am, I, am I just shining light on this other character in the story or am I shining light on what I'm really going through honestly? So if I'm if I'm honestly crying in the shower, then write that down. Like I'm crying in the shower and that's a song, that's a song lyric. Or if I'm honestly being crazy and being a bitch, then write that down. And, you know, that bitch is me. That's my song, <laughs> my Burned by Bridges. And it's like, I got to really take a look at what my part is in all these stories that I'm trying to tell and then try to relate that honestly. And it doesn't always need flowery or really, you know, um, complicated wording or poetry or prose. Sometimes it's just stating what the obvious of what's going on. And then that's kind of what people have latched onto. Yeah. 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 That's what people love about you for sure. Another thing that I love about you is that you are so supportive of your band and musicians in general around you. And I was so impressed the other night you um, had a live stream going on 
You did. Which was awesome. It sounded great. And um, you were playing guitar. You sounded great, even though you said you were nervous. But the whole point of the live stream was that you wanted to raise funds to pay your band members. Yeah. For for doing this stuff. And that's so amazing. I really wanted to. I mean, it's really important because not everybody can do a live stream and not every, you know, but, you know, for singers, we've been able to kind of, you know, find this live stream medium, uh, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, however we do it um, and, and make money, make a little bit of money for ourselves, however often we choose to do it um, and whether or not we choose to do it. Cause there's a lot of people who are like, I'm not doing that. But, right. um, but a lot of musicians really don't have that option unless they're attached to a singer. Um, they can't just do a show from home. Um, you know, like a bass player is not going to do, you know, an at-home solo bass show. I mean, somebody might. I mean, my bass player, Harley, is so good. He could. That he, could, he totally could. But, you know, your average bass player isn't going to do that unless they're, like, playing two tracks and stuff. I mean, I, there's obviously ways that people can get creative, but like a drummer or they have a little bit more difficulty being able to do that. Also, I don't have, like, regular stream of of income right now because of all this pandemic unemployment stuff which is really frustrating i'm working on it and we could talk about like the different ways that i'm trying to shift and pivot to making music a full-time thing again or like you know working for me but um but they don't they don't have as many of the options as as i'm afforded and so it's like okay well what am i going to do how am I going to pay these guys? Because they would do it for free, but that's not okay with me because I insist on being paid (laughs) for my art. And so should they, so should they, regardless of how much they might love the music or love me or anything, it's still, I'm still utilizing your skill and your time and I need to pay you. And um, uh, so I was able, able to actually raise enough money to, to pay them between that and the sales of my single. So between the sales of my single and that, I was able to to give them some money, and and I feel a lot better about that. And um, we have a little bit of money tucked away from my Patreon uh, to pay them in advance this time for my my next single that's coming out. Yay. That's so great! That's so yeah. smart that you did that. Amazing! I, it was terrifying. Yes, yeah, so oh tell me about God. it. Oh my God. It was so scary. I was sweating my hands, like playing the guitar. My hands were like slipping and sliding and it was just, (laughs) I I was so hot and I smelled so bad afterwards. But I mean, I had a lot of people in there just constantly giving me like, Hey, you're doing great and keep going. You know, people showing up and people donating, which was really encouraging. And, um, and I just did it. And like what I kept telling myself in my head is, Maybe this will inspire like another singer to accompany themselves and and just do it. And because I was thinking all week, okay, well, maybe I'll just sing the karaoke tracks and just have that be my live stream. And then I was like, no, you know, I really want to sing my originals because there's a couple that I'm moderately comfortable playing. Um, obviously they sound better when I have my band behind me, but it's like this is what I got right now. And I just used what I had and it was terrifying and it was not great. Like if you just, if you watch it and you just listen to the guitar playing, if you are a guitar player, you're like, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Because if I related to like listening to a singer that doesn't know what they're doing, I'm just like, I'm sure it was painful for some people. But I was, you know, I was banking on my voice kind of just masking everything else that was that was wrong with, with what the performance was. But 
somebody who was it? Um, oh, who was I just talking to? Oh no. Oh, I was talking to Josh Taylor because he's my guitar teacher. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, talking about the live stream and how difficult it was. And he was saying that uh, your voice is one instrument, the guitar is another instrument. And um, I think he was remembering something that Josh Weinstein said, who's my keyboard player, which is that when you play both of them together, it's its own instrument. So it's not, so don't think of them as separate. You got to think of them together. And so that's a whole thing you have to practice on its own and make that grow in its own way. Because when I play guitar by myself, I can make it through all those songs perfectly, no issues. My rhythm is so great. But when I try to add phrasing like vocally and stuff and, and match it with the rhythm of the guitar, it's like doing this thing. And if you're yeah. not, it's so, ugh, it's it's not, it's hard to maintain. And I have not practiced enough to make it great. Um, but I practiced enough to last an hour and raise some funds for the guys. And that's really was my whole goal. And then now I got that first one out of the way. So the next one's going to be a little bit better and a little bit better. And just like with live performing, like you, you get, you, you pick up things along the way and it gets a little bit better. Yeah. Well, super courageous. I know there's, I know several musicians who have um, been, you know, decent at accompanying themselves but wasn't until they like picked up a gig, you know, as a solo show yeah. that yeah. forced them, you know, to really like hone in that skill. And I mean, how terrifying, but at the same time, it's like, you gotta. Yeah. That's what I did. I did that to myself. I like made a poster for it and I posted it and I told people I was going to do it and I made an event and I invited people to it. So now I had to do it. You know, it was like, okay, you don't have any other choice. This is this is, this is what's going on now. And, and however it ends up is how it ends up. But you, if it's on the, if it's on the calendar, I'm doing it. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it online <laughs> so that I can share. How long share. did it take you to hit the live button before you started? I, I, I actually hit it a few minutes early. Cause I was just, I couldn't wait anymore. I was like, oh, let's okay. just go, let's just go. I'm all set up. I'm all ready. I got all my things and you know, that's it. That's all I want to do. <laughs> that's so like, that's the polar opposite of me. I sit there like, okay. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. Rethinking the whole thing. It's like, right. Is someone at the front door? Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, do I have a stomach ache now? Should I postpone? Is everything... I know Jack's with his dad, but maybe he needs me. No, just, just all the irrational stuff that we tell ourselves on why we can't do things. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm there with you. It's, it's terrifying. It was really hard, but I mean, it's in the scheme of things, it's, it's kind of like not that big of a deal. And then also, you know, it's not going to ruin my career if I mess up or if I, I mean, I did, I messed up royally. Like I played eight or seven songs or something. And for five of them, there was massive mistakes, but (laughs) You know, like, like, like having to stop and then figure out where I'm at and then keep going. Like just things you that are like mortifying in a live performance. But, you know, when it's just me and I'm at home and I can do it and I'm with friends, Mm -hmm. then uh, it's okay. It's not so bad. Yeah. 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 So brave. You're a big inspiration. I'm sure you will. You will influence a lot of people who have been thinking about. I hope so. Because I love watching my friends live streams. I really do. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it, especially when it's done well. 
and like I, I was important for me to get the audio quality um, better than what my last couple have been because before I was just doing it straight through my phone and just kind of being like, whatever, this is what the sound is and this is what it looks like. Um, but I've actually put some time and money into my setup now so that I sound good and I look okay. And so it, because it does make a huge difference on people tuning in and staying tuned in. Right. Right. Yeah. It really does. And I mean, like, you know, I mean, if you got to use what you have, I mean, that's, right. that's perfectly understandable. Yeah, but totally. Because there are so many live streams going on. The, the, the way I like make that choice in my head is, you know, if I, if I'm playing it through, you know, a speaker in the kitchen while I'm cooking dinner or something, or if, um, you know, we just want to have it going on, you know, throughout yeah. the house, like, well, you know, um, what's it called when you, show your phone screen to your TV screen. I don't know, screen sharing or something. <laughs> Just go up there. You watch on the wall. <laughs> when you send it there. Yeah, it just goes there. Well, I mean, I if, if it's annoying to listen to, even if I really love the yeah. person, I, I probably gotta turn watch it. it. I got to turn it up. Sounds good, you know. Yeah, 100%. World, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and just back to your nerves, the thing um, – I just think in general, not everybody is like this, but for the most part, I think we just take ourselves way too seriously and yeah, get in our heads so bad about these things. And, mm -hmm. you know, and the truth is, is that no, just nobody really cares that much. We're really not that big of a deal. Like no. we, we are not like people just don't care that much. And if they do care, they actually like really like you and support you. So I think because we've grown up in this internet age where we see all the negativity online that could happen. But like for somebody like, you know, like Ariana Grande or like Obama and they get all this crazy, you know, negative um, online harassment, essentially we have it in the back of our heads. Like, Oh, that could happen. No, no, it's not going to happen to you. And if it does happen to you, then that, congratulations. Now you're a big deal and you've made it, you know, like there's positives that come with that too. But I mean, I, I've received negative feedback before. I've had online harassment happen, you know, like and it's in your napkin note. <laughs> yes. Like my <laughs> napkin note. I'm sorry. That was, I have that napkin still. Like I keep it on my desk, like in my room. I just keep it. And so I can look at it every day. And if, if people don't know who I'm talking, what I'm talking about, I had, a show at Patrick's Gaslamp Pub with my band Lauren Lee and the Low Keys, and we were killing it. We were just having such a good time. And this guy was watching us all night and he was really digging it. And then he gives me four napkins worth of notes that he had written, like watched our show and wrote down the most repetitive bullshit I've ever heard of, of just nonsense, like band needs more dynamics. <laughs> and he wrote dynamics with a, with a Q, like Q-U-E. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote it, dan dynamics. And uh, and um, you need to have a little bit more expression and feeling. Like I'm up there like dancing my fucking ass. I'm sorry. I'm dancing my ass off. And just, you know, like I'm, especially at Patrick's, I don't just stand there and sing. You know, like I'm, I'm pretty cray-cray when I'm performing, which is super fun for me. And so it was just like the most insane, but it was four pages of notes and we just laughed our asses off for the whole, like during our break and like we just haven't let it go and and I have it and I, I miss it. I miss 
I miss getting that. I miss those silly people that come up after. <laughs> can you play something we can dance to? You know, like so. <laughs> you know, just the insane Karens that that attend yeah. live shows. I just I miss them, and mm -hmm. I I can't wait to get back to that kind of stuff because that means that people like you. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Not to divert too much from the subject, but kind yeah. of on that same subject. One of my favorites has always been the person or the couple out there that is, you know, totally drunk and just loving, loving, loving every last second of everything that you're doing, loving everything about you. Yeah. Set ends. You guys are done. Oh my God. You know, you're the worst band ever. How you do that to us. It's, it's my cousin from Texas's birthday. <laughs> I'm sorry. We've we've literally been playing for four hours. So bye, goodbye. Wait, wait. She's getting married tomorrow. Like I know. We said we we announced that like twelve times. Yes. Yeah. Or requesting the song that you literally just played. Like, I, I love I love that one. Like sorry you weren't here for that, or you were stuck on your drink, but we played that. And we played. Yeah. We dedicated to you. You didn't hear. <laughs> yeah. So back to back to the criticisms. <laughs> um, so just so any non-singers that are watching this, just know we we criticize back. You know. Oh yeah. Behind the scenes, <laughs> it happens. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So like if anybody comes to your job and criticizes you, you bitch about it to somebody at the end of the day. For real. Yes. Yeah. The thought that came into my mind when we were talking about criticizing is I point to the rise of the, all of the competitive singing shows. Oh God. That has totally shifted the way people consume music now. You know, I think that millions and millions of people watch these shows and it's all about judging, critiquing, pulling apart, um, and, and I feel like nowadays, a lot of people consume music that way, yeah. Even going out to see live music or, you know, mm -hmm. listening. Um, the problem with those shows and is that it, it gives, it gives like the average listener of live music vocabulary they didn't have before those shows in order to critique you. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, I was doing a gig at Tin Roof one night and um, this lady <laughs> comes up to me and she's like, you know, it was really beautiful up until about middle of the song. You went kind of nasal. And I don't know if that's what you were going for. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> like, what are, what are you, what are you saying to me right now? Just go have a drink. Like, I don't yeah. need this. Are you going to produce my next album? What are you doing? Yeah. It was not solicited, but it, those shows, they really do put in this perception of like, this is how it should be. And this is the production level you should consume from an average singer that they just plucked off the street. That's not how, that's not how those shows work, unfortunately, you know, and I, I was able to get a little behind the scenes peek at, at how those shows work last year for a little bit. Um, you know, Cedric was on. The Voice last year, and she got pretty far. She got to the live shows, which was awesome. She did an amazing job. And while she was going through all that, I was actually auditioning to be on the next season. And I got all the way to uh, right before they um, they 
they do the blind auditions. I got mm-hmm. cut right before that. And because the pandemic hit, and so all of the audition criteria like kind of changed and you had to do everything from home and it was just really strange. And I didn't even know if I wanted to be a part of it at that point because it went virtual. And I was like, I can't do all this stuff by myself. But, um, <clears throat> but I got a taste of like how, I mean, I got that audition because I was asked to audition. Like I wouldn't, I didn't wait in that days long line um, because I had done that years ago and I was like, this is not for me. And so I decided I was never going to do that again. Well, I got asked by a friend of a producer to come and audition. And I'm like, oh, this is how people get on the show. Like, this is how this happens is like, you got to know somebody. And unfortunately, that's the way it works is like, you have to know somebody who knows that you're a singer and then they give you a shot and then if you're good enough, then you make it to the next level. And if you're a part of whatever narrative or story that they are cultivating for that year, then you make it to the, it has nothing to do with whether or not you're good enough to be on the show or what's going on in your life. Or if your life is sad enough or anything like that, it's just, this is, this is the narrative they have for that year and how they want it to go. And if you fit into that, then it's your year and it's not realistic at all. It's just not, no, it's really not. Yeah, I just, I think, I think it just skews the way we enjoy music too much, you know, just sit down, get yourself a drink, relax, and just enjoy the music. Don't worry (laughs) about um, making bullet points about it or anything. (laughs) I don't need your napkin notes, but thank you. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is just classic. Yeah. Um, Back to your music, you, you have a lot going on. Yeah. Considering just what's happening here, you just, you seem like you always have a lot of things going on. And one of the other big, um, one of the other big projects that, that you did last year was, um, some songs on Johnny Tarr's latest album. Yes. Ah, God, I love, there's just, I cannot say enough good things about Johnny. Johnny is just, not only is he incredible musician, um, songwriter, he writes the most fun, poppy, dancey songs ever and he just um he's also just like a really really decent human like just a really good guy and I love him and and I love his little daughter and I just miss her so much I want to squeeze her and kiss her face but um he asked me to be a part of his album last year and uh I was like so stoked and what's funny is sorry I'm gonna kind of segue a little bit and then I'll come I'll bring it all back in but since the shutdown, I've had to kind of pivot into what am I doing next? Like, how am I making money with music? And I've pivoted into session work and I've built it like since I've started doing it really like for real reels, um, I'm slowly building it up. It's just like, if you're starting out with live shows, it's like, you have to network, you have to know the right people and you have to get the the word out and you have to build up a resume and you have to, so it's taking some time, but it's starting to kind of ramp up. And most of it is through word of mouth. However, because I sang great gig in the sky in my 2019 tour with the pink Floyd experience, that song is, I don't know if you've ever heard that song before, but Great Gig in the Sky is all, there's no lyrics. It's just all wailing, vocalizing, and it's it goes way up here, and there's a lot of dynamics, and it's it, I had to access a different part of my, my vo- vocal range that I didn't know I had in order to perform the song. So anyway, because I did that song, I've been repeatedly asked in session work, hey, can you throw a great gig solo over this track that I wrote? Mm-hmm. And they want me to, to sing like that, 
And what's funny about it is like, they don't realize that that song took me three months to master. Mm -hmm. Like it took me three months to not only get um, how the song went, like the melody, because it's, I don't read music mm -hmm. and I can't sight sing. So I had to just repeatedly listen to it and get, get it in my head. And then I had to figure out how to get up there. And then I had to figure out how to phrase it. And then I had to figure out how to make it my own. And then I had to figure out how to get the tone that I wanted. So it took me like three months of practice mm -hmm. to get to where I was happy with that song. And these people are wanting me to go into the studio and in a day, give them a great, so great gig solo, which is like, yeah, sure. No problem. And you I just kind of let out of your hat. Yeah. Well, I was on that tour with Johnny and Johnny asked me the same thing and he said can you please give me a great gig solo on this song and I was like okay but I took my time yeah. with with his you know he didn't give me a deadline it was just kind of like whenever you're feeling it whenever it flows you know when you get it right which was wonderful and I got to take my time with it and so on his track um take me take it away mm -hmm. uh which is on his album Tough Stuff that he released last year. I got to do a great gig solo on that. And then I also got to write on his song and um, it's called Finger in the Socket and it's just a fun, silly, weird song. But I got I got songwriting credits on that one too and and some vocals on there with Josh Taylor too. So yeah. we're all a little family. So that was really fun to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It's really great. Um, so you mentioned pivoting, right? Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that because I, I kind of had an incident happen today where the reality is, is like, you know, this pandemic, it's not a surprise anymore. You know, it's not, nobody should be surprised. Nobody should be, um, you know, wondering, uh, well, I guess you could be wondering what you're going to do next, but yeah, hopefully by now you kind of have somewhat of a game plan, but I hope, yeah. yeah, I had something happen and it was totally normal considering the conditions that are going on something canceled and for like a split second I was like oh, you know kind of bummed about it but but then like I was immediately like nope stop it this is not a surprise this is the way things go yeah so as singers who primarily made their living performing live we now know you can't put all your eggs in that basket. You got to go down some different routes and you yeah. obviously have done that. So tell me about the various things that you're picking sure. up. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, with one of the first interviews that I, I saw you do, um, and I can't remember her name right now and I feel really terrible about it, but it was, it was with one of the singers who like really makes a good living um, with session singing uh, and- and Patreon. No, oh, it's not Vanji. It was the it was the very first one you did, and I can't remember her name. Audrey, I think it. Yeah. I think it was Audrey. Yeah, Callahan. Callahan. Yeah. Okay. So she was talking about how it took her a while because she was doing her day job, and then she set up like five or six different uh, revenue streams. Um, so that she could just only do session singing and take it on the road and she didn't have to worry about life, life shows and, and booking and all this crazy, the lifestyle that goes with all of that so that she could like go on the road with her husband and just do all those things. And that was really, really inspiring to me mm -hmm. at the time when I saw that interview because I was like, this is what I need to do. Like this is, I need to start setting up these revenue streams. And it has been a slow process because I am not type A. I am very... Uh, inherently lazy <laughs> and um 
You're chill. And I, <laughs> I'm not very disciplined. I'm chill. Yeah. But I'm not very disciplined when it comes to business things. And I'm very much one of those singers that's kind of like very slow to learning the business aspect of these of the of this industry where it's like I've been doing it for seven years so obviously some things I've figured out but other things I'm just kind of like I don't want to you know and and one of those things was creating a Patreon or getting um uh getting an account set up like with Fiverr or a way to to start with session singing and so um, I finally did those things. I have a Fiverr account and I have a Patreon and the Patreon for the first couple months that I had it, I had two people. I had two people and it was go so slow going, but I also wasn't promoting it very well. And then once I started promoting it more, it was like, wow, I have more people. I have 12 people now and I've had it for about five months. So not too shabby and they're all set at five dollars or more a month so i'm slowly kind of building up that revenue and then i also have um uh so the my session singing my uh uh what, what did i just say oh my patreon <laughs> my my random uh live streams that i do and then i do some occasional video editing gigs like i do some video editing for you i do some for Carissa every now and then, you know, occasionally it's just easy editing stuff. Nothing like I'm editing your whole movie or your show or your music video. Cause obviously I can't even do my own. So <laughs> I'm not going to do that for somebody else. But you know, I do, I do little things to try to, you know, so right now I have like three or four revenue streams that are slowly kind of growing and building up. And then I'm taking the occasional gig that I feel is safe enough. Mm -hmm. So where, where I feel comfortable enough doing it. Um, and uh, and so that's kind of supplementing my income. But I'm at a point right now where I don't feel bad saying no to a gig, um, especially because of the conditions that we're, we're living in right now. It's if it's, I don't feel it's safe, then I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to compromise my health. And and then I'm also on the unemployment train. That's the disaster right now. But um, <laughs> those are the things that are kind of getting me through at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so my plan is to add on to those revenue streams and, and to keep cultivating it and and growing it and networking and getting, you know, my name out there and my name in people's heads and my voice in people's ears so that they say the next time they need somebody, they go, oh, I want Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. That's so smart. It's so totally smart. And um, you have, you've done a great job marketing it, like putting it out there. And I love that you're talking about this because I think one of the most important things that you just said throughout this whole thing is that you're, you're being patient with it. You know, you didn't just throw up the Patreon account and be like, you know, you got your two people and, and then be like, well, this is, this Not is working. a total failure. I'm done. Yeah. I'm, there's been a couple of moments where I definitely thought about that, but I just was like, well, we'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing with, with session work. I mean, you can put yourself out there as being, you know, available or have profile or something and, you know, it'll be crickets forever, but yeah, you just, you kind of have to get a scratch somewhere yeah, to get a little bit of traction and those things, they just take a while to, they do. It's, it's it, just like any, because there's so many different ways you can go with music and so many of us get stuck in this, like, oh, just live gigs are gone. So my industry is destroyed. And it's like, well, no, it's like the 
you know, think of all the like millions of different ways you consume music. It's like, that's how many jobs there are for music, you know, and, and it's not just with live shows, even though that is something that is the most fun for us and something that we enjoy doing because we get that immediate feedback and that energy and we love it. Um, it's not the only way to go and getting that out of your mindset. That was what was really hard for me in the beginning of like, oh my God, I don't have this. What am I going to do? Um, but like watching your interviews really helped me a lot, like a lot, a lot to see like, oh my God, there's so many different other ways that I could go with this and still make a living maybe yeah. at some point. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that. That's the whole point. Yeah. Is to just really bring in um, as many perspectives as I can, but mm -hmm. also to just so other singers, musicians can see right before their very eyes that there are other things going on. And you don't have to compare yourself to what no. other people are doing or feel like I should be doing this or that. But just note the fact that there are other things going on that you could potentially cherry pick and, you know, yes. grab what makes sense for you. And 100%. There's so like there are. I have a big problem with comparing my productivity to other people and then getting stuck in my head of like, I'm just not doing enough. And uh, I watched your interview with Shelby and she said something that really stuck out with me, which was um, with Shelby Bennett. Oh, I mm -hmm. love her so much. I love her voice. Anyway, she said um, something along the line. I'm going to paraphrase, but it was something along the lines of uh, busy doesn't always mean successful. Mm -hmm. And that is so important for entertainers to understand right now in the pandemic because we we lose like I was performing five days a week I was performing five days a week to nothing it was culture shock for me it was a crisis it was an identity crisis it was all the things of like who am I what am I going to do and I had to completely reevaluate what was important to me mm -hmm. and not doing anything you know, like you said, like, like you had a change of plans today yeah. or you were going to be busy and working on something all day and then COVID happened and it's like, okay, well, I have nothing to do now. That's okay. Like that's where we're at now. Like that's our life. That is, that is the, the we are live in a society. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. this is, this is how it's going mm -hmm. and taking our time to take a breath and be like, okay, like I don't have to be busy right now. That's all right. Um, I get in my head all the time. Like if I go a week without producing anything, I'm like, who, what, am I okay? Is everything all right? And yeah, I'm okay. Like things are okay. Cause if I take a look at the bigger picture, it's like, I got to release a single this year already. And you know, I worked on a music video. Okay. Didn't happen. Not the end of the world. Um, producing videos for my Patreon. I'm doing some other things. I'm, I've got a bunch of new singles that I want to work on. Like I have goals, yeah. um, but it doesn't have to happen at the pace that we, we think it has to happen at. That's, it's a, that's a great point. And we're all wired differently. Yeah. You know, some of us are a bit more, um, you know, we, we feel like we're thriving when we're doing, doing, doing. Yes. But some of us are not like that and having the downtime or, you know, being able to, um, you know, relax or whatever yeah. actually yeah. supports the work that you do do in the long run. I mean, if that's well, the do way do. That, huh? <laughs> you said do do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm such I'm a child. I'm a child. <laughs> <Sorry>. You're hilarious. <laughs> so, 
but it supports the way you are as a creative. You know, if that's what you need right. to like fuel yourself and yeah. to be able to. You have to actually experience life in order to write about, like if you want to be a songwriter or if you want to like create and you you consider yourself a creator, it's like, where are you creating from? Like, are you creating from a sense of chaos and busyness or are you creating from a sense of knowing who you are and like trying to get in touch with that and then expressing that at a relatable level? It's not... Um, it's really hard to create when you're going, when you're busy like that. I mean, I didn't for five years. I didn't create anything. I just performed. Mm. Yeah. Glad, glad you talked about that. That's I'm, I'm kind of the opposite where like, I, I really feel like I have to be doing a lot of things. Yeah. To, but, but that's what energizes me. And yeah. so if, if I um, have downtime, then I, it makes me kind of feel panicked and, uh -huh. and everything. And, um, uh, my business coach and I had this discussion just last week. Um, and I talked to Carissa about this too, where I'm like, I'm worried because, you know, normally I have an idea. It sparks. I act on it, you know, uh -huh. home, right. Yes. Well, no sparks are flying out there at the moment. So it, I was a little panicked and she, she just made such a great point about the fact that like, it's okay to, you know, it's okay to just marinate. Absolutely. To marinate. Oh, this was this was what she, um, the example that she used. She talked about um, surfing and taking the board out into the water, and just when you when you're just sitting on the board, and you're waiting for a wave to come, and you're balancing yourself, it may look like you're not doing anything, but the amount of work your core muscles are doing to keep yeah. yourself balanced. And, you know, keep you going like that is incredible. And so, you know, when we are in more of that waiting, I like to say marinating mode. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> are happening. Yeah, I love that sounds like a Carissa quote, like a Carissa thing. She really likes to relate things to water a lot. And I enjoy that as a Pisces. I'm like all about it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> You know, just go with the waves and then just let your core work out. And that really, it does hit home for me of like, when you're sitting still, it's like things are still going. You're, you're There's still like a million different things firing off in your brain mm -hmm. to kind of make things happen. Um, and, uh, you know, I used to have the problem in the beginning when I was just starting to work uh, of comparing my career to Whitney's all the time of being like, why can't I do everything that Whitney's doing? Why can't I? you know, be as in the spotlight as Whitney. Why can't I have all these great gigs that Whitney had? And it was so toxic. It was really mm -hmm. gross. It was hard for, it was bad for me. Mm -hmm. What changed that was becoming friends with Whitney. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and being like, oh, we are totally different people living completely different lives. And I love her. Like Whitney's one of my best friends in the whole world, but I we're very different like to our core of how we process things of how we work on things of how you know just just how life works for us and um but that's what makes us such good friends is because we can kind of bounce each other's you know benefits off of each other and um but the the core thing there is that we are different and we're going to experience and create differently and i cannot compare my story or my journey to hers i mean i'm just the biggest difference between us just just right out there is that um i have a kid like that is huge that's a huge difference it's it's a huge portion of my time 
and my energy and the love that I have and, and the, you know, things that I, that I have to give to my career, my kid takes up a whole lot of that. And so just that difference alone, not to mention just our personality differences should tell me that like, you know what, you're like, you're okay. <laughs> like what you're doing is great for you and it's working for you. And if it's not working, then tweak it. So it works, but you don't have to be like this person in order for your life to look successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. What a great life lesson there. I mean, who would have thought that someone causing such a like internal emotional reaction for you that by just connecting with them as a human being, yeah. Would yeah. You not only overcome that feeling, but learn something about yourself. I mean, it's people are always like, don't meet your idols, but I really idolized Whitney for a really long time. And then I started getting gigs with her and like, you know, being able to do shows with her. And I think you should always meet your idols so that you can understand that like everybody got something. Like everybody's got something going on that you don't know about that behind the scenes, everybody's got issues. Every single person, every single one of us, and nobody is perfect, even if they look perfect online or they look great um, from a distance or anything like that, or like they, they've really got their shit together. It's like most people are just like white knuckling it, <laughs> especially right now. I'm just like, oh, we're going to go through this and just kind of pasting a smile on your face. And there are days when I do not feel happy or motivated or feel hopeful. Like there's days where I really don't feel that way. And, and something I've learned from Carissa is just, okay, allow that to happen. Acknowledge that it's happening when it's happening and just let it pass through you instead of pretending like it's not happening, mm -hmm. you know, instead of pushing it down or like faking it, it's just, okay, I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm not okay right now. Nothing's, nothing is working out. I feel like everything's falling apart. Okay. I'm all right now. Like it's just getting it out and being weird. I really felt my aunt was, was in me just then. Cause my aunt, <laughs> wait, I can hear my aunt sometimes in the way that I talk or the way that I express myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and every now and then I'm like, Oh, Hey, what's up, Eve? Eve, because I'm just, sorry. <laughs> Totally weird. Her spirit just moved through you. Yeah, you sell a spirit <laughs> just passed through me. Um, yeah, no, she she's taught me so much too, just mm -hmm. about um, what success means and and those early lessons of that. She, you know, she man, I'm so grateful for everything that she went through because she's been in this industry since she was 18 years old, and I'm not going to tell you how old she is now because let's just pretend we're sisters or something. But she. She's been doing it a minute and she yeah. understands the industry and she understands success and she understands um, contentment with your craft. And it took her a lot of, a lot of hard lessons to figure it out. And I'm so glad that she went through all those hard lessons so that she could tell me like, Hey, this is what success is. Um, just be happy with what you're doing. And if you can make money, like that's a bonus. But success isn't a number that you reach. Success isn't the amount of followers that you get. Success isn't um, a million accolades. Success is feeling contentment from art that you create, that you put work into. And um, for her, and I know for, for me, and I know for my aunt too, success is that bigger message of for musicians and for singers of like affecting somebody. 
of, of um, I don't know how this song is going to affect you, but I want it to. And that's my gift is like, I'm going to, I'm going to affect you somehow. And I'm going to put, and that's our, 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 the way that we contribute in the world is just, I'm going to, the I don't know how to explain it, but mm-hmm. there's something bigger in what we're doing. And it's, you know, like my art isn't really mine. It's everybody's if I release it. If I put it out there, then it's no longer mine. It's other people's and how they relate to it and what they feel when they hear it or when they, you know, they see it. So it's whatever that is, that's the bigger thing and that's success. And if you can affect one person like that, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah. That's a great lesson, especially, you know, talking about comparing ourselves to one another that um, it's so easy, I think, to react in more go on the, you know, defensive about things like that and kind of more isolate and protect yourself in that way. But if you can manage to pull yourself in the other direction and do things like connecting, like you did, you know, with Whitney or really looking to, um, I love her too. Like I just absolutely love Whitney. Yes. Yeah. But looking, you know, looking for other people and connecting with other people who have gone before you and have done these things because the whole ride is, is just a constant evolution of learning, figuring things out. And that's what life is, man. That's life, man. It's life, man. Just figure it out. You're just figuring it out, man. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I've had a lot of Pepsi. (laughs) You're hilarious. Um, it's so good to talk to you. I'm so I know. I wish we could talk forever. This is fun. I know. I just looked at the clock and I'm like, whoa, I feel like we just started talking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I knew we'd have a great conversation and, um, you know, let me say say hi to Katie real quick. I know that she was messing and Katie, if you are watching, thank you for always supporting me. I love you so much. And say hi to Callie for me and kiss her on the face. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's her her little baby. Oh, it's Melody's here too. Melody. (laughs) It is Pepsi. It's literally legit just Pepsi. That's how, oh, that's how fancy I am. Cocktail. <laughs> it's just Pepsi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for everyone um, watching tonight. Oh, the point I was going to make about just connecting in general and, um, you know, having all of the singers come on here. Um, every time I hang up from one of these calls, like, I just feel like euphoric because yeah. There just is something about, you know, um, making a connection with people who really get a certain, um, you know, element of your life. And, yeah. and you know, I definitely you get it. You get it, Danielle. Get me.